This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, hi everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Legally Couture. This is Erin speaking, and I have two guests with me this week, actually. Um, they are from Level Up Legal Law Firm. So we have the CEO, Shermeen, and then we have Bianca, who's been with the firm for about a year now, and she just passed the bar and graduated law school recently. So yeah, we're really excited to have both of you here with us. Thanks. excited. We're excited to see you too. Great, great. We'd love to hear that. So um, we're going to talk with them a bit today about the, um, the crossover of law and the influencer world and small business world. And then Shermeen's going to discuss a little bit about her founding of the company, since this is her baby. This is her company. So we'll let her talk about that a little bit. But yeah, we're very excited to have them. So um, we're just going to start out with, actually, we'll start out with that. We'll start out with you talking about how you came to found Level Up Legal. What led you to start your own firm? Where were you before this? Yeah, so I graduated a little while ago in 2014 um, and after law school I feel like I kind of did you know all of the right things to be in the position I wanted to be so my first job was at Goldman Sachs and then I did a clerkship for two years at the US Attorney's Office before joining a large law firm after about a year and a half I just honestly I didn't feel connected to the work I kind of felt like I had done the right things but I really wasn't in the right place in my life and I wanted to do more and what I really wanted to do was combine a career with what I was interested in, which are you know brands, small businesses, and startups. And I know a lot of us in law school, or you know, while you're going through law school, there's a little bit of a fear sometimes of thinking like, okay, so I'm going into this career, it's probably going to be really buttoned up, um, but that's okay because I can have my own you know social life and you know have a life outside of that. But I think there is a really big beauty in connecting the two. So I just decided that I was going to quit. And I had a couple of friends that I knew had businesses that told me that they would hire me, you know, my first month to kind of get started. So I built a website and I marketed completely on social media because I didn't really have much money at the time. And from then, um, the business just kept building and I continuously got more clients, bigger clients, um, you know, a lot of startups, a lot of beauty brands, a lot of fashion brands. Um, and now we really dived into the influencer space. I started as a solo and now we've expanded and 
I think about a year and a half in, we brought Bianca on as our second employee. Um, she started as a legal intern through while she was in law school. And um, after graduation, she's so great. We hired her on. <laughs> Forever yes. No, I love that. That's amazing. Um, and I feel like what you did and now you being able to speak about it shows people that there are different avenues to have as a lawyer. Like you don't just have to work for a firm and do something that they do. Like you can branch out and you can create your own firm to work in the area that you really want to do. So I, I love that. Your firm is still all female right now, correct? Yeah. So we're all women. Um, honestly, we're open to men coming in, but they have to kind of really fit with our, you know, our vibe. One thing that I really, really value is, you know, company culture and mm -hmm. office culture. That's one thing I really didn't like in, you know, my, the other places that I worked is that I always felt like I had to kind of mask who I was in a way or, you know, change that. And so here we're very comfortable. You know, we like to um, have a really open communal work environment. We all have matching slippers. We're very comfortable. Um, and we just <laughs> actually got our first office space um, through the construction in the back. Um, and so now it's, you know, better. So there's a team of five going on six, actually. So that's so exciting. And you said you just got your first office space. So how long were you just like a virtual firm, like no physical office space? So we, I started in the end of 2019 and we worked out of a women's workspace called the Luminary and it was really great for like networking and building clients. And so what was great about that was that it was, it had a communal space where mm -hmm. I could leave the house, but yeah. then during the pandemic, um, you know, everybody was work from home, but we have a lot of programs in place. Like we use Slack, we use, you know, different like Asana. I actually didn't meet Bianca in person for almost a year until after oh the pandemic. Um, and then we were in office a couple days a week at the women's workspace. But then honestly, we've just grown so much um, that we decided to get our own space. And that was really a big step, um, you know, thinking about my journey and starting because yeah our first you know like big step in like a different purchase outside of talent and you know just yeah. virtual so now we feel like we have our feet on the ground somewhere which is really nice yeah no that's fantastic and going off of that i'm curious from the two of you did you prefer or do you prefer working virtually like work from home or do you prefer the office space? Because I know everyone's opinion is different. That's a good question. Um, I actually prefer, I thought I would like work from home better because mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know, I'm like a comfy girl, even though I don't look like it sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. But I thought I would prefer uh, work from home. But now that we have this space, I really like coming here and I spend a lot of time in here. And it's just nice to be with everybody because it's just, it helps the workflow. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of questions and a lot of clients we work collaboratively on. So it's just nice to be in the same space. Yeah. I think I liked work from home for approximately three months and then I was very <laughs> much over it. Um, yeah. I just love going and coming into the office and being around everyone instead of, you know, messaging on Slack all the time. So mm -hmm. like we were really flexible. Like if people want to work from home one day, that's fine. Um, mm -hmm. Also, I'm not like a stickler, you know, we roll in around like 10, 30, 11, I stayed nine, but like it's very <laughs> Yeah, no, I that sounds like my type of culture. <laughs> I am not a morning morning person. So the rolling in around like 10 30, 
it sounds lovely. <laughs> work out in. I got to like, yeah. I got to like stare outside the window for a little bit, like lay in bed. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> no, I love that. And I feel like that's very different than most like work um, cultures and atmospheres. Most places are like, oh, you work nine to five. Like that's kind of what the general like societal ideas. But um, you see more and more that different businesses are kind of shifting those hours or just having like flexible hours where everybody can kind of work when they want to. So I love that you're like kind of taking a step in that direction too, where you're like, we don't have to get up at 8 a.m. to work. We can kind of get here as long as we do our work. It doesn't matter what time we start at. Exactly. And I think that's kind of the beauty of having your own practice. Like I basically was like, okay, what do I like? And then that's just how it's going to be. I hated, like even today was a little early for me too, to be honest. <laughs> oh, me when too. I, when I said in the morning, she's like, that's early for you. I was like, yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but she's actually a morning person. So. I am right. around them. I feel like I'm getting very used to the 10 o'clock, 10, 11 situation. What time is like your ideal time to wake up then, Bianca? Like, when do you get up? <laughs> I love to work out in the morning. So, and I've been very into F45 classes. So I've been waking up at 6.30 and then going to class at like 7.15. I know, sure, I'm <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I like to like have my morning and make breakfast and like take the that shower and like, you know, do all mm-hmm. the things. So. I'm the opposite. I'm like totally night. I get home. I like to go to like yoga classes at night to wind down and then do like my shower at night, get into bed all fresh and clean. And then I kind of roll out of bed in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I used to be that way too, but now I work out in the morning and I, yeah. I just uh, relax and watch Selling Sunset at night. That's the new show for me. So (laughs) my roommate keeps telling me to watch it. Okay. So going off of that, um, just in terms of the firm um, and the culture, do you have any like big plans for the firm moving forward? Do you hope that it grows a lot or do you kind of like the smaller culture of it being like a small office, like five people and the community workspace? So one of my goals has always been to really build level up as a brand that uh, is always expanding. So I like the small environment, but my real goal is to have, you know, 10 by 2025 um, and continuously grow. I think that, you know, although we love the small and communal work environment, I think we'll always kind of keep that atmosphere um, just depending on who we bring in because office Mm -hmm. culture is super important. But um, yeah, I think as long as, you know, we keep expanding and bringing on women or individuals that really fit with the brand um, and have the same, you know, work-life balance, have the same goals of, um, you know, really building this into a, a being lawyers that people can relate to, then that's all I really care about. We do have a lot of goals and Bianca's really good about like putting them on our little whiteboard and we like to <laughs> goals and quarterly goals and all that. So step by step. I love that. Yes. 10 by 25. That's a fantastic goal. <laughs> Okay, so um, now that we're, we've talked about the firm a bit and the culture and what it's like to work there, I kind of want to go into now more the social media and law crossover that we're going to talk about. Um, so if Bianca, if you want to start with this one. So sure. just like the general idea of how law students and young attorneys can use social media to their advantage, like what this crossover can be for them. Sure. So I think especially with, you know, obviously the pandemic and then 
there's something now called the great resignation where we're seeing a lot of millennials move from, you know, their typical corporate nine to five job to either working for themselves or becoming influencers or content creators or, you know, going to work for small startups. A lot of people are obviously moving on to TikTok um, and as Sharina's today, you know, like just sharing their day and what they do. Um, and I think that young attorneys, especially um, millennials, I guess, and Gen Zers and people in law school can use TikTok to their advantage, not only like networking wise, but building that business that they want to make for themselves, whether it be their own business or an influencer or, you know, working for a startup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so Bianca and Shana were, you know, two of my first uh, people that I brought on and they were like, oh, we have to do TikTok. And I was like, no, we're not doing TikTok. I'm not going to dance. Like we are already, you know, females, people are going to look at us a certain way. But I have to say she was right. Um, and she's really, really good at TikTok. So you'll see her all over our page doing like, a lot of the more like funny ones. All the boring ones are me because um, I just can't. I'm trying. I just can't. Um, but, uh, you know, it does really build business. And I, you know, I didn't think that it would, but really it does because like Bianca said, all these new brands are on TikTok and they're on the platform. So, you know, when they see us, they're like, oh, okay, there's a law firm. And even if maybe they don't want to use us, like they're like, oh, I saw this law firm on TikTok. You could, you know, reach out. And so, you know, it's been a really good business builder for us. Yeah, no, that's so smart, especially because you are so focused on like small businesses and influencers kind of in general. Like that's definitely a great place to get their attention because that's what they use to brand. Like how you said you use social media, mainly when you started out because it was free. Small businesses are all doing the same thing. So it's a great place to find clients. Yeah, and then even if like TikTok is a little younger or, you know, like we're just starting out, um, you know, so that generation is going to continue to age and develop and build bigger businesses. So it's kind of like being on the radar from the beginning. And as a firm that is, you know, planning on growing, we always want to stay like one step ahead in that sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I also think there's like a huge obsession with people in law school and like their lives. Um, like TikTok's obsessed with, you know, what people do in law school and what they're studying. And, and I think that's also huge for those individuals in law school be able to network. Um, but then you also run into that issue, which I guess we can talk about later, but people, you know, getting jobs after school and then kind of mixing their content creation with that job that they're getting, um, which is, I think, an issue a lot of people are running into too. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's definitely a great place for networking. I would say I have found like people and added them to my network through TikTok and through Instagram and like through the podcast now. So I didn't really expect that at first when I started my podcast, but that's just kind of what happened. So it's amazing what social media can do is all I can say about that. (laughs) And the boom of social media since the pandemic, like the amount of influencers now that I know that I went to high school with is just crazy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, so true. (laughs) No, that's so funny. Okay. And then kind of going off that, actually, we can talk about like kind of the challenges or like warnings you might have for younger attorneys and law students in using social media and like what lines maybe you would advise them like not to cross or like types of content to like maybe not post on there. If either of you have some advice on that. Um, Good question. So that's one thing that 
I don't believe in actually. I don't believe that you should feel like you should limit yourself in any way based on what anybody else or a job or a person thinks that you should do. Um, I think everyone should honor what they feel like is right. I mean, honestly, like obviously you shouldn't do anything like sexually explicit because TikTok will handle that for you and take that off for you. (laughs) But um, no, I mean, I think that you should be free to post what you want. I think it depends on the job. It depends on the you know, person hiring you. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was at my law firm, they told me, and I wasn't even, it was, TikTok wasn't even around at the time. I was just mm-hmm. posting on Instagram, like normal photos. Yeah. I mean, like some stories and I was still in my twenties at the time. And so, um, they were like, you, you know, you should delete your Instagram, make it private, or you're not really fitting, um, the brand, the company culture that way. And I was like, honestly, mm-hmm. I'm in my twenties. I just want to live my life and, you know, share it with my friends. It has nothing to do with my performance and my workability. Mm-hmm. So, um, that was one of like a thing that really bothered me. And I, you know, we talked to some other, like, yeah, cause it's some law students and they have, you know, the same issue. Um, so it really depends on your employer. Obviously like, don't be like too explicit. Um, but I think you should be able to post what you want for the level up itself. I sometimes like, you know, uh, veto certain things because I just don't want us to seem. I want us. I want our social media to sh- to really exemplify our personalities, but also it's a marketing tool. So we're not doing you know the savage dance on there. We are just you know doing more informational, like some like fun stuff, but nothing crazy. And that's something I love, obviously, about working for Level Up is that I've never felt like I had to like dole myself down. Not that I have like a crazy TikTok page, but. Um, <laughs> you know, that I can be myself in my mm-hmm. personal and social life and then also myself at work, um, which I love. No, I love that. I love that answer. I wasn't sure what you were going to say, but <laughs> I totally <laughs> I totally agree with that. I don't think it's like fair for employers to try to tell you how to utilize your social media when it doesn't have to do with your professional life. Like you should be able to do what you want to do in your personal life and post about it without it, without them kind of assuming that it's going to affect your work performance or just because you do one thing in your free time, oh, that'll mean they're not going to be a good attorney. That's not well, true. Like, it's, a, it's, a, it's a women oppression thing. I think we looked at our analytics. I mean, like more than 90% of the followers of our page are women. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, like posting on social media, like a lot of places wouldn't tell a guy, oh, you can't post. So it's really a way to, you know, backhandedly oppress women and like make them feel like they can't, you know, be themselves. And that's a huge thing, especially in the corporate world. That's unfair. So, you know, a lot of women build community and relate and make genuine friendships on social media. And, you know, us particularly, we built our entire brand on it. So mm-hmm. um, I just think that when employers do that, they're just not really seeing the value and the benefit and um, how it really can you know, how people express themselves, especially like in the pandemic, what are you going to do, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to do something? (laughs) Yeah, no, so true. So many people got on TikTok and just started posting more on social media in general during the pandemic because we were all looking for something to do. And it definitely is a way to like express yourself. Like I use my TikTok, I'll post like day in the life things of a law student, be like, this is what I'm doing today as a law student. Or I'll post like outfits that I wear to law school. But then I'll also post about things I do in my personal life or I'll make posts about like ADHD because I have ADHD. 
Um, so I like to use it in many different ways. And I would hate for an employer to look at my TikTok and be like, oh, she shouldn't be posting things like that. Like she needs to make her account private just because I'm posting about what I do in my like free time. Exactly. Okay. So kind of taking a different route here now, still about the crossover of law and social media, but how should influencers and small businesses be kind of paying attention to the legal world themselves? Like what kind of protection do they need to put in place for themselves that they might not think of starting out as a new business? What advice would you have for someone starting a new business or influencers? Sure, I guess I'll talk about influencers and then I'm sure can take the small business part. Um, I guess by marketing so much on social media, I'm constantly going on um, the Level Up Legals For You page and you know these influencers are coming up and they're doing sponsored posts, but they're not um, following FTC disclosures. So um, just really ensuring that you are disclosing the partnership that you have with the brand when either you're getting paid when or you're receiving product in exchange for posting. Um, so just making sure that, you know, you're posting and disclosing in honest and truthful ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also having influencer agreements in place. So a lot of influencers now, you know, with people moving from their nine to five to becoming content creators, they're not really understanding the legal side of it. So making sure you have an influencer agreement in place when you are receiving product in exchange for posting. Um, is really important in terms of making sure you know who owns the intellectual property, making sure um, that you're getting paid for your posting. There's a lot of mm-hmm. things going around on TikTok now that influencers aren't getting paid and you like know your worth. Um, so just making sure you have that on writing. So if anything ever goes wrong, um, we really recommend. Yeah, and then even for businesses on the other side of that, if they're giving like free product and they're expecting a post or a result from an influencer, we always recommend having like an influencer collaboration agreement in place just to outline all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that you have way that way you have legal recourse. Um, and even if you know, you never enforce the contract, it's just nice to have it all laid out. So everyone knows that you know, you mean business, it is a business. Mm-hmm. It's the whole, you know, method of marketing and advertising today is through social media. So having a contract in place is extremely important. Um, and especially like we have a client right now who is developing a new product um, with another brand that both brands were pretty much built on social, um, you know, things like who owns the brand, who owns the, the trademark, who owns the intellectual property, who owns the product after sale, you know, are they able to resell it? All those things are really important. We've done like a couple of, and I know Bianca uh, does a lot more work with like the content creators. Um, and so, you know, we've done some clubhouse information, but really following uh, FTC guidelines and FTC is the Federal Trade Commission. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, and also, like Bianca said, is know your worth. Sometimes if you're the person asking for the amount to be paid or the item, it doesn't like hit as well as someone who hires us and is like, okay, we'll speak to my attorney. We're so excited to work with you. And I go in and I'm like, okay, she's not taking less than $5,000 for this post. And then I get to be the bad guy negotiating and they just get to be like, oh, just talk to our lawyer, it's fine. And they get to keep the relationship on a really positive note. Um, And it just creates a sense of professionalism. And, you know, we recommend that content creators and influencers, if you really want to build your brand and, you know, you think of it as a business, then you have to, you know, have the right team in place to build it as a business. Yeah, And I was also going to mention there's obviously with the pandemic and the move to social media, there's a lot of new laws coming out. 
um, so surrounding influencers, content creators, and you know small businesses. So, for example, um, California just held that influencers can actually be liable for trademark infringement. So, say. Um, I was a business and I sent you a product and my product was like infringing someone else's intellectual property, you can actually be held liable. So um, just making sure you know, you know, the laws that are coming out um, because it's such an emerging industry now. Yeah, I actually had not heard of that new law. So that's good to know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that all totally makes sense, though that um, you need that legal protection, even if you're a small business, especially because you since you are starting out, you don't want to like start out on a bad foot. Like you don't want to get into some bad disagreement and some legal issue, or just like you said, like not get paid when you're supposed to get paid. So you need that protection in place because you don't have the like manpower that the big businesses have to come against you. So if you have that in place, you at least have something to enforce if something goes wrong. Exactly. Also, we've had issues with accreditation. So um, I have, we have a client that's a makeup artist and she did a full spread for Vogue and they didn't even credit her. And she, that was something that she really, you know, it helped build her business and, you know, mm -hmm. of course she was paid for the work, but like that was yeah. part of their deal and it wasn't done and she didn't really have anything in place. And so yeah. that was something that, you know, she went on social about. Um, and then, you know, we've seen a lot of times recently too, is like, if you have a brand idea and you pitch it, I saw this, you know, influencer who had like an idea for, I think it was like a perfume or a makeup piece. And she pitched it to Ulta and they're like, sorry, we're not interested. And then they pretty much did the same thing, just took her idea. So an NDA in place before you even pitch or show your concept or your idea to anybody, that's huge too. Okay. You know, okay. a lot of things, that, the influencer and content creator world is no longer just like a handshake world. Like you have to have the right things in place to protect yourself. Yeah, that's crazy how that's changing. So that kind of goes into my next question then. Um, how are you kind of seeing the legal industry change and the business world in the way it was versus maybe how like it was when you were in law school, Shermeen, and then how it is now that Bianca has graduated in terms of um, like with the great resignation that you mentioned and with more people going more towards like self-employment and less people working that like nine to five. Um, so I think that, you know, last was a little while ago for me, but based on what I talk about, I think it's still just like full of haters. So that's one thing. I think when I was in law school, um, you know, there was always people have something to say about what you're mm -hmm. doing or what you're, you know, who's getting a job and hiring past the bar and all that great stuff. That's, mm -hmm. you know, I think an ongoing trend in law school. So mm -hmm. my whole thing is like, you can hear everybody, but don't listen to everybody because nobody knows um you know when i first started in 2014 we just had facebook and instagram and like instagram was pretty new mm -hmm. um so you know the even the thought of businesses marketing completely on social was like not even a concept i think that when i launched in 2019 i just kind of took a risk and you know i saw the trend happening and i thought you know there isn't really a lot of um Law, law firms or lawyers working with content creators, how is this kind of like a hole in the market? Yeah. Um, and it's still growing. Like, I mean, a lot of times, you know, we'll have calls with content creators and I think it has to do a little bit with them, you know, still kind of evolving and emerging and, you know, budgeting constraints. Um, one thing about us is that we offer flat fees to our clients, but still, you know, there's a cost associated with working with an attorney. 
So I think that um, that's something that I've seen is that while there are definitely content creators that we work with that we work on contracts with and they're like very understanding that they need our help. I think that's something that's still um, a concept that's emerging, you know, influencers and content creators understanding that they need to hire attorneys um, and continuing to grow that area. Right. What do you think? Um, well, I completed my entire 2L and 3L year on Zoom. So um, <laughs> that would be a huge change, like going from 1L year to, you know, being around all my friends and, you know, having that culture in law school and going to the library all day. It's just, I didn't have that 2L and 3L year. 3L year. Um, so I think definitely for law students, it's becoming a whole new world in terms of like networking and using your network. Um from your apartment. I mean, obviously now it's a little bit different than it was back in 2020, but um, forever grateful that Shermin um, hired me because some of my friends don't even have jobs still. So um, just my advice to law students would be to use your network, um, even though it can be a little daunting in terms of sitting in your room and trying to network with um, attorneys. Um, so always use your network. And then obviously, like Shermin mentioned, the emerging piece from you know having your corporate nine to five to becoming an influencer and I think a lot of law students and young attorneys can you know pivot and do not only their um, job as an attorney or you know being in law school but also posting on social and you know creating content and being paid off of that yeah and um, a lot of what we do and it's something that I was part of the position here is business development so um, you know as Bianca started the internship she kind of you know, was able to learn how the business runs. We have both, you know, a base pay and a commission piece for business that's brought in, similar to way like a real estate agent or real estate uh, company works. Mm-hmm. And so when I first started, I was able to go to a lot of events around New York, you know, meet a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But when Bianca joined, you know, she was really creative and um, thinking about ways that we could connect to people on social, doing like, mm-hmm. you know, one of our um, other associates, Shana, she really got big on Clubhouse and like mm-hmm. just being creative and how to network and uh, connect with people um, has been something that they've been, you know, really having something new, um, you know, not just being like, okay, let's join this, let's go to this event, you know, mm-hmm. in the city and see who we can meet um, and getting comfortable just doing this, you know, speaking to somebody virtually on Zoom. Mm-hmm. If we were in person, it would be so much different, but I think now we're getting used to it. And like the number of women networking groups out there online is absolutely insane. Like there are lists of mm-hmm. 200, 500 networking groups that you can join and just meet and talk to people. So it's just pivoting from, you know, what you're used to to new ways of speaking and meeting people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense, especially with the pandemic shifting so many things to Zoom. Like even right now I'm applying for summer internships and like all of my um all of my interviews are going to be on Zoom. A lot of the internships themselves are going to be remote. So it's just getting used to that new way of working and like talking to people. And then in terms of like networking, a lot of our events at school um, are on Zoom instead of in person. So um, it's it's super interesting. <laughs> and that's like Shereen said, like I didn't meet her for a year. Yeah. Um, we you know, worked on Zoom all the time and she trained mm-hmm. me. Um, also, our other associate, Chena, would train me on Zoom. And it's just like amazing, you know, what I was able to do working from home. Um, yeah. Cool. 
I interviewed her in my childhood bedroom. <laughs> yeah, I'm in my childhood bedroom right now. <laughs> yeah, so that was, yeah. that was um, and you know, I think what was good about you know even working in Zoom is just having you know we we have a good camaraderie and like kind of like a formal informal environment. So um, you know, I keep a really open, maybe like a little too honest working space. <laughs> I'm an open book. Um, I don't mind if they're more private, but. Yeah. Um, and so I think that was nice because we were able to really connect over Zoom and they can always ask me questions. And I mean, to be, to be honest, like I'm in my third year. I mean, I'm older, but I'm young in a way, or at least I think I am. And um, it's nice because they can tell me, you know, like, OK, this works. This doesn't work. You should try this. Um, go on TikTok. Try this. And I'm like, OK, maybe I'll just try it. Why not? Um, yeah. You know, they're. I like to try to create a very even playing field. So there isn't really like a hierarchy here at all. Um, um, and I think that was something that, you know, really was good is like, you know, everybody's opinion is valued. Everybody's mm -hmm. you know, business and work is always valued. There's not much competition. Um, yeah. That's so good. Yeah. I think that's the appeal of working in a smaller firm. A lot of the time it is that it's like not as competitive. You're not working in that hierarchy of, oh, I'm a first year associate. I'm a second year. I'm a third year. Am I going to make a partner? Um, so I feel like small firms have that appeal because of that, because it is more like a community space. Everybody's helping each other out and wants to work together. So the firm itself can thrive since it's smaller and you're building yourself. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that would change. I hope that wouldn't change if we get 10. But I wouldn't allow any caddy. Oh. If there's anybody who was caddy, I would just be like, you can't do that. Like, yeah. You, need to you stop. definitely you definitely can have caddiness in a small firm. I worked in a small firm last year and it wasn't super caddy, but like there would be caddiness sometimes. <laughs> and like a little right. I worked, there was like maybe four attorneys and then like six other um, staff members, like I was a legal secretary. And um, I was amazed when I realized like halfway through my year there that there still was like drama and people talking behind people's backs. I was like, it's wow. so small. I thought we were all just like friends here. Maybe it's impossible to talk behind anyone's back here. Cause yeah, just since you're in the everything. space. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, I couldn't even imagine what, God, now I'm like, ooh, what if, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I thought when I found out. I was like, wait, what? I was like, this person said this about me. So well, honestly, it's just like we get so many, you know, law students reaching out yeah. to us you know, for internships and this. We probably get like, honestly, at least like 10 emails a day. And yeah. it's hard to always respond to them because, you know, we're not hiring at the moment. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a lot of we get really sweet messages. People being like, I love your guys's you know, environment and camaraderie yeah. and it really is like that. Like, you know, we're not the what you see is what you get with us. Like we really do like each other and we like working here and yeah. I'm not just the manager saying that. So yeah. <laughs> no, well we definitely all love working here. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that you're very like real. Like what you portray is what you are. Is there anything else that you guys want to speak about in terms of the crossover in law and social media? Those are all the questions that I had coming in today. Um, you know, not really. We have we have seen like a lot of talk and like a lot of lawyers are really getting yeah. on social media. And, you know, there's so much room there and we love seeing it. We'd love to connect with everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, you know, if you're a law student, you can reach out to Bianca or some of the interns in the in the firm, um, mm -hmm. you know, and ask some questions. For sure. Uh, but yeah, no, it's exciting. Anything else you want to add? I don't think so. This was awesome. 
Yeah. Okay. We do do two fun, quick segments at the end of every episode if you guys want to partake. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So the first one, we call that how to be a better person segment. So it's just a tip that you have for how to be a better person this week for people. It could be an environmental thing, a sustainability thing. It could be something you can do for other people. So the example that I'll give, so I'll go first. So you guys have an example. Uh, My tip for this week will be to get involved in some type of um, volunteer work that you're passionate about. So right now I'm like reaching out to different animal shelters because I wanna start volunteering at an animal shelter during my time at law school. So if you volunteer, it like makes you feel good. It helps out the organization and organizations are always looking for more volunteers. So that is my tip for this week. Awesome. Um, I actually have one um, and I'm glad that you asked that because you reminded me. Um, I, this might date me, I'm a big Real Housewives person and Bethany Frankel has um, her, this is a crisis, um, you know, donation um, that she's Mm -hmm. doing for the Bronx fires that just happened. I mean, I think there was like 12 children that died, um, adults, I actually don't know the number, so Mm -hmm. don't worry about that. But she's doing cash cards to the victims. I know they're being like placed in different housing, but like general cash is so helpful. So I want to donate to one of her causes um, because she's honestly one of my biggest inspos. You know, back old school Real Housewives in New York. I don't know if uh, she watches that, but I was a fan. Yes, I love um, that. That's a great tip. I guess my tip would be um, a little bit different, but I guess if you are um, just going out, I would, my tip would be just be mindful of the people that you're speaking with. You never know what kind of day someone's having. Um, I grew up working in service in service industry and I think it's really important to you know kind of give people the benefit of the doubt when you are a customer somewhere. Um, so just making sure that you're understanding you know that that person could be having a bad day and not take out you know your anger on them. Can I actually tell you that while she was interning almost full time she also worked as a waitress full time um, <laughs> and went to law school like it was insane. I, she, Bianca's one of the hardest working people that I yeah. know. Um, and so another thing I really love about the women in the practice is that, to be honest, we get, um, I mean, this happens though, we get comments about, you know, our aesthetic and how we dress and how we look and, you know, all of that. Um, but, you know, each woman that works here has their own, you know, background and story and nothing was handed to them on a silver spoon, um, including myself. And so, um, you know, that's something that, I think hopefully we're going to try to, you know, display a little bit more um, to show that, you know, everybody here, we are really hardworking and, um, you know, not only that, but everybody has, you know, a story behind them and how they got to where they are. Yeah, no, I'd love to see more of that on your TikTok and your Instagram, like kind of all of your background stories. That would be really interesting to see. Um, I do like going off of that really quick. Um, I know we're doing the segments, but quickly. Um, I do think a lot of people do have that idea in their mind that lawyers and law students are coming from a place of like wealth and like having everything handed to them. But it's not true. Like everybody has a different background story. It's true for some people. But like for me, I grew up also working in the service industry. I've been working since I was like 14, since I was allowed to work. So um, I would love to see more of the stories of the people working at your firm. That would be really fun to see. Yeah, that could be like, yeah, you know, how we, how we got here, like a little segment. Yeah, Yeah, a little series. So, 
Uh, we were kind of going to do a reintroduction to the team. But yeah, I think that's, you know, something that would be that I think that's one of my biggest, you know, things is like, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, no, it's not, I'm very critical. It's part of who I am. So like, when I see things like that, I'm like, Oh, my gosh, like, are we not mm-hmm. showing that you know, who we are in a way? Yeah. So that is something we'll consider for sure. Thanks for the concept. Yeah. I like that. Idea. Yeah, I love that idea. No, yeah, that would be a great series. It would be fun. <laughs> okay. And then our other segment that we do is just a tip of something fun to do in New York. It could be like a restaurant, a place you like to go, an activity you like to do, a show you liked that you saw. So anything like that. <laughs> um, well, first, um, actually, the one of the interns and I went for our team loves spicy margaritas um, for happy hour um, at Ofrenda in the West Village and amazing spicy margaritas and they were nine dollars each, which is cheap uh, for New York. York. <laughs> that is very cheap for New York, um, and it was amazing. So definitely recommend. Um, okay, so I kind of need this question. So people ask me like, "What do you like to do in your spare time?" I'm like. No, I don't know, like, watch TV, I'll go to eat. Uh, I love sample sales. That's my thing. I, like, stock them. I get it. Like, I get really excited about a good deal. So, like, when a sample sale drops online, we're all over it. And then we have um, something called 260 Sample Sale here, which will have things. You'll get, like, bottom-of-the-barrel, like, high-end fashion. Um, And so that's always good for me. So that's the best. Here. No, I love that tip. My roommate actually works for a big fashion company and she got new um, bags for me and my other roommate for like $3 each at a sample sale. And they're originally like $300. Oh my God, <laughs> give me her info. Right? Yeah. So we love that she works in fashion. It works out for us. <laughs> my tip for today is just going to be go to one of the farmer's markets in the city. If you live in the city or even if you're visiting, You can find a farmer's market, I feel like, almost every day. The one in Union Square is four days a week, I want to say. That's the one that I go to. But it's just, like, a great environment. They have different seasonal foods, but they also have bakers there and other small businesses, like, trying to start out and grow, selling different things. They'll have, like, um, artists, small artists, and jewelers and stuff. So that's my tip for the week. That's always fun to walk through, even if you don't buy anything. It's a good environment. Good Sunday um, thing to do. Yes, that's a very Sunday thing to do. Okay, but so that is the episode. So do you want to tell everyone where they can follow you guys on social? Sure. Um, So we are obviously on TikTok like we've talked about. We are Level Up Legal, L-V-L-U-P, legal. And uh, we're on Instagram. We're on LinkedIn. we're getting into Clubhouse a little more. Um, so our website is www.leveluplegal.com. Mm-hmm. Um, all of our handles are Level Up Legal. Twitter, we're Level Up L. Um, and you can always send us an email, you know, if you are a content creator, small business, anything, you can uh, reach us at contact at lvluplegal.com. Okay, perfect. And then you guys know you can follow us, Legally Couture Podcast, on Instagram. Working on a TikTok right now for it. I made it, but there's nothing on there. You can follow if you want. And then you can follow my personal Instagram. It's erin.lindsay13, and my TikTok is the same. Um, But yeah, so thank you so much for joining us for this episode. It was so much fun. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Yes, of course. All right. Bye, everyone. Have a nice week. (laughs) 